Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Mark. You may be seated. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for gathering us here this day to hear your word and receive your gifts. And Lord, we confess that we come here today and our hearts are filled with all kinds of fears and anxieties because of the world around us. We pray this day, Lord, that your word would give us peace and will calm our spirits. Guide us according to your unfailing love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus looked at the disciples and he said to them, Why are you afraid? Are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Do you have any fears in your life? I think we all have fears. I have a lot of fears. I'm afraid of a lot of things. Some of them make a lot of sense. Some of them don't. One of them that makes a lot of sense? Birds. Terrifying. Terrible animals. Evil. They want to come down and peck out your eyes. Think about that for a little bit. It's terrifying. That's the thing I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of heights. Anybody here afraid of heights? Thank you. Good. Honesty. I like that. Ben, glad to see that. Very good. Yeah, I'm afraid of heights. A number of years ago, Stephanie and I uh, went to a place called uh, the Royal Gorge in southern Colorado. If you've ever heard of the Royal Gorge, it is, I believe, uh, the nation's highest suspension bridge, which means it's roughly, I don't know if my numbers are right, it's roughly a million feet off the ground and 100 miles long. I can't remember. <laughs> but what you can do when you go to the Royal Gorge is you can walk across the suspension bridge. And on the other side, there's this, this cute little village. And you can get desserts and shop there and all these wonderful things. And you can walk across the bridge to get there. Or, or you don't have to walk. You can drive. And as you drive, the planks on the bridge shake for the people walking across the bridge. It's really quite delightful. Or you can just not go at all because it's completely horrifying. And why would you do that? Like you go across this thing and you're freaking out because the thing is shaking because big cars are driving across it and your wife is standing at the edge looking over going, honey, why are you crawling on the ground? Don't you want to come see what's on the other side of this thing? What are you afraid of? Oh, nothing, just a gust of wind throwing me down to my inevitable death. What are you afraid of? Did you ever notice this with that question, what are you afraid of? It's always asked when the answer is completely obvious. People ask this question when the answer is staring you right in the face. That's why I always find this passage really interesting today when Jesus looks at his disciples and says, what are you afraid of? Because the answer is pretty obvious. Now we need to do a little background work just real quickly before we get into the text. At this point in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has begun his ministry. He's come preaching the good news, repent and believe, for the Gospel is at hand. The Kingdom of God is at hand. And he's called these disciples together to follow him. And they've seen him perform miracles, and and they've heard him preach the good news, and they're really kind of uh, captivated by this guy. But at this point in the text, Jesus has been teaching for a while, and he says, you know what, we need to get away from the crowds. So he gets the disciples into a boat, and they cross the sea. Well, it's late at night when they get onto this boat, and so it's probably very dark outside. And as they're on the boat, a storm arises, a bad storm. And water starts pouring into the boat and everything there for these, many of these disciples are fishermen, but there in the dark and in the storm, everything seems to be out of control. They can't control what's happening. And so they turn to Jesus for help. And where is Jesus? Asleep in the stern of the boat. And I love Mark's gospel. He says, on a cushion, like he's comfortable and snuggled up. In the midst of this storm, 
Now afterwards, he's going to calm the storm and he's going to look at the disciples and he's going to say, why are you so afraid? But like Jim said in the children's message today, it's kind of obvious. I think as we look at the text, there's two things that bring about fear for the disciples. And the first one is obvious, it's the storm. They're terrified of the storm. Because this storm is something they cannot control. They cannot prevent the wind and the waves from moving. You know, there's always these people who will come around you and they'll say, I don't need to go to church because I find God in nature. Sometimes nature's a pretty terrifying place to find God. Because there, the storms are out of control and there's nothing we can do about it. Here, God looks pretty terrifying. Everything is crashing around them. They're afraid of the sea and the storm. They're afraid they're going to die. The sea and the wind, the weather was beyond their control. And isn't that really where most of our fear comes from? Our inability to control things happening around us? I mean, I have some pretty ridiculous fears, heights and birds, though no one can control the birds. It's also something to think about. Uh, but I'm afraid of kind of ridiculous things, but there's a lot of things in our lives that are not ridiculous. This fact that there's a lot in our lives that we simply cannot control and it terrifies us. We're frightened. We're, we're frightened of what's going to happen in our country in the future. We're frightened of the future because we can't control it. But we're afraid of what might happen to our children if we don't control them. We're afraid of our jobs being lost. We're afraid of, of foreign enemies. Some of us are afraid of domestic enemies. There's a lot of things we're afraid of in our lives because there's a lot of things out there that we simply cannot control. This is why when we get sick, we get so nervous because our bodies, which we think are so often under control, are now doing things that we can't seem to stop and we can't seem to prevent, and it terrifies us. And for many in this world right now, things just seem to be getting worse. They're, uh, to go a little dark here for a second, there's a, a number of people now, I don't know if you've seen the statistics recently, but they're so frightened by the fact that they can't control anything in this world, everything is so far out of control that they've decided the only thing they can control is their own life and their own death. So suicide rates are skyrocketing, right? As we saw this a few weeks ago with Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade, the fears of this world are becoming far too overwhelming and the control is too far lost that people feel like the only option they have left is death. A lot of people succumbing to the darkness and there doesn't seem to be any light in this storm. And all these anxieties and fears, in the midst of them, the devil scowls and laughs and he hollers. And we cry out, we find ourselves with the disciples crying out, Teacher, don't you care? God, don't you care that we are perishing? Which brings us to the second answer to Jesus' question. Why are you so afraid? Because, God, you don't seem to care at times. I mean, look at Jesus in the midst of the storm, asleep on a pillow like he's not even worried about the storm blustering around. Don't you care, God? How could you sleep at a time like this? Don't you think you should change things? Don't you think you should rescue us? Don't you think you should give us back our control? Sort of anxiety and fear builds up inside of us, and it drives us to, to cry out to God in, in prayers of lamentation. We, we find this sort of thing taking place even in the Psalms. 
Psalm 44 is one that really stands out to me, and it says this. It says, Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Have you ever had fear like that? Fear of what we can call today perhaps the silence of God? When everything is crashing around you, when things seem to be on your control, things seem to be on to be beyond your control, and the one who is in control doesn't seem to be paying attention at all. We're crying out and we're wondering where God is, and we're wondering why God, who's promised to love us and care for us, is not doing anything about what it is we're facing. I mean, sometimes I think in life we feel like little kids, you know, little kids uh, who go to bed at night, their parents come in and they tuck them in and they give them a kiss on the head and they say, uh, sleep well, and then they shut the door and it's pitch black. And, and the kids start hearing something on the window. They start imagining they're seeing monsters in the room and, and they become terrified and they start calling out, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad, and nobody comes. Sometimes it can feel like Jesus asks, why are you afraid? And our response sometimes in those moments is, why are we afraid? Don't you even care? But in those moments, and I want to say this gently, and I want to say this lovingly, sometimes I wonder if in those moments, when God is the problem, if God really isn't the problem. I mean, as we look at the text today, Jesus, (laughs) he's not really the problem. As you look at this text, maybe what we need to do is we who know the whole story, we need to read this text in light of the cross. We need to read this text in light of the fact that Jesus has come to die, and he knows he's come to die, but he knows he's not going to die there on the sea. And he knows that his disciples aren't going to die there on the sea. He's going to die on a cross. And so as they cry out to him, as they, in essence, pray to him, He stands up and at his word, Jesus does what only God can do. He stops the storm. Mark writes, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. I I, I always like pointing this out. Peace be still is a nice, calming kind of phrase. But it actually should read something like this. Shut up and stop it. Like, why did you wake me up? (laughs) You know. Or as God said in the reading from Job today, uh, when he's speaking to the wind and the waves, thus far you shall come and no further, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. And just as in Job, when the wind and the waves listen to God, so it is with Jesus. The weather and the sea hears their creator, and they cease and they obey. What we tend to forget is that Jesus is not going to be overcome by the storm. He is the Lord over all of creation. He is the Lord over our lives. No one takes his life from him. He's the only one who can give it up on his own accord. Further, he is not a God, no matter how bad it might seem, he is not a God who abandons his people to their suffering. Rather, he is a God who saves. Now, to be sure, it is a strange thing indeed 
that Jesus would allow the disciples even to go into such a dark storm. And it is, a, it is a hard thing for us to understand. In fact, it's beyond our comprehension as to why Jesus allows us to face suffering and difficulty in our life, why he doesn't just sort of put an end to it. And we, perhaps what's more frustrating is we don't ever get answers to those questions like we want. But instead, when we're asking the question, don't you even care, where are you, what's going on here, uh, perhaps it's, it's uh, sort of strange and hard for us to hear Jesus' response. When Jesus says, and I think with sort of love in his eyes, why are you so afraid? And really, the main question in the the passage, have you still no faith? We want to walk lightly here, but I think the reality is, is that that question that Jesus asks the disciples, and that question as it is posed to us today really reveals a great deal about us. That when we are in the midst of our fears, those fears at times seem to drive out our faith. And our fears become the focus. And we can't take our eyes off the things we're afraid of because, you see, we're losing control. And if we figure if we're going to lose control, we need to do something to gain control back. And we're so afraid of losing control, and we watch that control leave, and we're so terrified by it that we stop looking at God altogether. And if he's not going to help me, I need to figure this thing out on my own. And our fears become stronger than our faith. And forgive the pun, but our faith, it seems, is changed by every wave. And the fears in our ears begin to drown out God's promises. And at times we begin to turn away from God for help. Sometimes we even turn on God in anger. Sometimes we fear that God has left us, that he doesn't care about us. Perhaps it's worse. Perhaps God is using this to punish me. Maybe God is angry at me. Maybe he's finally paying me back for the sins that I've done. And suddenly, we're no longer looking to Christ. We forget all that Christ has said. And we forget all that Christ has done and we look only at our troubles. And so Jesus shows up on the scene and says, well, have you still no faith? And our honest reply at these moments has to be, not as much as I thought I did. Not as much as I thought. When Jesus asks the question and we reply, my faith is not nearly as strong as I thought it was. Jesus' response is nothing more than this. Good. You've repented. Now, let me give you something to believe in. Now, let me give you something to trust. Let me give you the faith that you lack. And Jesus comes to us in those moments and he says, I haven't left you and I will not forsake you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Repent of that doubt and let me give you my promise. This trial that you are facing, Jesus says, is not my final judgment on your sin. The final judgment on your sins took place on Calvary. You are not being punished in this this trial. Are you being tested? Are you being tried? Are you being challenged? Probably so. Disciplined, maybe. But punished, no. Christ took all of that on the cross. You stand forgiven no matter what your circumstances are. Jesus says, listen, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. For I have overcome the world. 
By which he means he's not going to let the, the troubles of this world overwhelm you because they will not overwhelm him. These troubles in your life don't define you and these troubles in your life don't have the final word over you. Jesus does. And his word is one of mercy and love and kindness. Jesus has defeated death for you. But even if this trial that you face is the end, even if it breaks you, the worst it can do, <laughs> the worst it can do, you guys, this is great. This is what you can take home with you this week. The worst it can do is kill you. <laughs> but whether you live or you die, you belong to the Lord. He's not even going to let death defeat his love for you. Jesus says this. Listen to these words. This is from Isaiah, and this is just remarkable. The Lord says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It is Jesus who has risen from the grave and sits at the right hand of the Father who has conquered your sin, who has defeated your death, and who has conquered your devil. The wind and the waves listen to him. None of these things can defeat him. Jesus' word to you in the midst of the storms of life today is simply this. You are mine. I shed a great deal of blood to purchase you, to make you my own, and I was happy to do it. These trials will not remove you from my love. The trials will come. This world is full of things that can cause fear in our lives, and when they come, our faith, it will waver. But Jesus will not. He is your rock. He is your strength. The wind and the waves obey him, and he will save you. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we confess to you today that our faith is so weak, especially in our trials. And yet, Lord, even when our faith is weak, your, your grace is strong, and you never leave us and you never forsake us. Hold us firmly in the palm of your hand, dear Father, and never let us go. Remind us of your presence and give us your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you heard